This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to episode 22 of the March to the Arch podcast in this 2019-2020 college basketball season. In this week's episode, we're going to recap games from Saturday, January 11th, and Wednesday, January 15th, and games today on the 16th. We're also going to have some fun segments uh, along the way and just banter back and forth. So before we get to everything, how are we doing today, Baker? How's the Peloton? It's not a Peloton. Uh, I'm not rich enough for a Peloton, Baker. Let's let's, let's talk about this bike. Okay, so um, set the stage. If anybody follows along on Twitter, I was watching College Hoops um, and was putting together a new Schwinn IC4 uh, spin bike. Looks um, sweet. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it looks uh, fun out, fact. Yeah. I like to spin. Um, hey, that's uh, you like to what spin? You know, I'll is that like a thing? Yeah, people call it that, like spin. Yeah, like go like take a spin class. That's what a spin class. Is? How do I not like? Okay, first so, off, I'm not a I'm not a stationary bike guy. Okay, um, so now I you're not a cardio guy. Let's just throw that out there. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. No, 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 no. Now I, I th- now I think you're being harsh because I've okay. I've done a lot of races in my day. So okay. Okay. Before we, I know you lift. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I know I lift now, but like, I, I've done half marathons. I've done things like that. So before you start throwing stones, let's when's the last time you've gone on a three mile run? Um, probably last fall. Okay. Probably last fall. Right, six I months? did just buy new running shoes, so oh, that's I'm going nice. to. Right, that's a I actually am in the process of finding a race for this year. Oh, I'm nice. Run. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do like a like a ten mile or a ten k or like yeah. a half. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I want to go jump back into a half because yeah. I haven't done a race in a while. But so before you start throwing stones about my cardio, Vance. <laughs> all right. Maybe I should just and then maybe same. I should just come back and say how much do you lift. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. We are legitimately on the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to working out. We you're, are a lifting, we're, you're a weight room guy. I am a cardio guy through and yeah. through. I, I'm giving Vance a hard time. I, I don't run. I don't do as much cardio as you do. I, I do zero more, lifting. Yeah. Um, maybe, hey, fun fact, um, kind of the lunch group. Have we, we talked had, about this on the podcast? We haven't. Oh. I think we should just, you know, as we're talking about New Year's resolutions, even though we're uh, 16 days into the new year, um, our friend group, we're doing 20 and 20, so every day throughout uh, 366, because it's a leap year, um, 20 push-ups and 20 squats a day. Um, have you missed s- yet? I have not missed. Same, same. I how many? I think we've only got two of our friends that have actually missed so far. Yep, so if you miss, you have to pay a dollar, and that's it. It doesn't accumulate. It's just basically if you don't do any the entire year, you owe $366. Yep. Um, but I think right now the pot's five or something like five that. Five bucks, yeah. I, yeah. You know, I think, and I believe the money is to go to a something to be determined later. Yeah. Just a... Activity or maybe a fun team. outing with the with the sure, group of guys. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, it might not be a very we might have to have that much money, but yeah. Um, How annoyed at you with our group chat of just people typing twenty twenty like in the accountability? Um, so I do it every once in a while, um, not as much as everybody else, but I actually have that on our group chat on silent. Me too. So um, I love the love everybody to death, but um, I got them on silent because of that same thing. But it was actually funny one night. Our buddy Dan texted us and. Uh, said hey or throughout the 2020 and I saw it at like 1130 and I was mm-hmm. like oh that was the so I did have one day where I literally like was laying down 
And I got up, did the push-ups and squats right there. That's just, nice. Just to do it. And it was like 11.30, 11.40. And I, so I was close one day. So, yeah, I'm not – I'm accountable. I have not missed, but I'm not a part of, like – I'm not going to send a text every time because that would be 1,800 texts over the course of the year. Sure, sure. I – so I'm not against it like you are. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I, I no, I'm not against I, I'm it. Not, I'm not going to be one to do it every day, but I actually like the fact that one person does a day just as a kind of reminder. Yep, that is. Because yep. I feel like at some point, I don't think it's going to be because I'm lazy and don't want to do it. I think it's more because I'm going to forget. That's fair. Um, one thing about it, though, that, that I'm – so I've, I at least get a pass on my – when I actually go to the gym and do squats, and that those count as a 20. But I, I, I think that, the, that everybody's missing the boat with not giving me a pass on chest day. With a bench press, which is basically a push-up. You shouldn't get a pass on doing squats. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, first off, I am doing squats. Okay. I think you need to do 20 additional on top of 20. what your normal routine would be. No. You, you know what? Let's We're going to take do, it to the tribunal. You know what we should do? We should go do, we should do leg day together, Vance. I haven't touched a weight and then let's easily see. three years. Sure, sure. And then, you'll find, and, then you'll, and then you'll have more appreciation for me then. Sure. That's that's fine. But I, I, I see listen, the next five K. So we did talk. So we did actually bring it up as a group about the before. Oh, I don't dare me to do a five K. Okay, can go All do right. a five K. All right. Um, anything else? I, I'd have trouble. I'd have to actually. Oh, we don't have this conversation train. yet. No, but I. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is we did talk about it as a group about the squat thing, mm-hmm. and we also talked about the chest thing, and it was unanimous. Everybody turned down the chest thing, and I don't like that. Okay, that's so. that's fair. So, uh, getting into Valley Hoops, uh, what people here are likely um, wanting to listen to. They want us to plan our next 5K. You and I are running a 5K. <laughs> Maybe that should be part of the, the take board as the other person picks a 5K for that person to run. Um, that's a thought. So, I don't know if anyone from the Valley office listens, but one thing I've always wanted to do is, in coordination with Arch Madness, have a Missouri Valley 5K. Dude, I would do Arch it Madness for 5K. sure. Like, on, um, if they did it on, like, that Saturday morning, because mm-hmm. everybody's still probably in town, that yep. would be so cool, and you wear your team stuff. Yep. That would be awesome. I think the Big Ten does it in some capacity, but, because um, I'm totally ripping it from that, but I have always, because I go for runs, like, pretty much every morning of Arch Madness around sure. the Arch and things like that, so I was like, that would be so awesome. Well, or, hey, let's do laps around uh, the Enterprise Center. Maybe you and I, maybe we'll do the March to the Arch 5K <laughs> run. <laughs> And we'll have like, I don't know how many people out there run that listen to our podcast, but we'd have maybe a couple. Yeah, people show up. Hey, we're going to do a five. <laughs> These idiots doing. All right, All now we right. Valley, Valley hoops. hoops. Valley hoops. As we're talking um, Arch Madness uh, topics, uh, go out there and buy, get your single session tickets. They're on sale um, anywhere you you can purchase tickets. Uh, that communication went out. All session tickets are still available. I believe you can go through your uh, respective schools or likely Ticketmaster. Yep. Um, the email actually, uh, just to cut you off, the email from a couple of schools because I've bought from different schools before, just mm-hmm. because it's easier in some respects if the team stinks. Um, I got a couple different emails that the preferred seating mm-hmm. deal, I guess, for schools is ending soon. So okay. um, if you do get through the schools, I would definitely hop on that ASAP. Yeah, and it's definitely fun in Archman to sit with your with your respective school, um, especially if you think you're going to be there more than uh, one session. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, looking at Valley standings, so we've got a two-way race for first. Uh, Northern Iowa and Bradley are four and one in Valley play. 
then we have another pair uh, in what we consider second place, uh, Loyola and Indiana State. Or sorry, Loyola is three and one because uh, they're playing tonight against the Salukis. Indiana State is uh, three and two. Yeah, it's a three. It's a three team race at the yep. top with uh, Loyola and uh, the other two schools. And tonight, if Loyola gets done against the the dogs, uh, yep, you're gonna have uh, a third team at the top, which is pretty remarkable. Yep. Um, and then we have uh, currently uh, four teams at uh, with two wins in the Valley: Drake, SIU, Valpo, and Missouri State. And then there's Illinois State at one win, and Evansville is still um, over currently. Um, so we're recording right before the games, but uh, we're going to have a little recap of the games tonight. Just with the uh, timing, we always target Thursday as releasing these podcasts. So just kind of programming note there is we're before the games tonight, but uh, we'll, we'll have a little recap of them um, added yeah. into the podcast. It actually helps us out a lot that the fact that there's one game that you're going to be dialed into and then there's one game that I'm going to be dialed <laughs> into. So it works that we're going to get different, per- we're going to get the perspective on both games. So just to give you a little extra added on to this, because I know a lot of you guys are going to listen to this on Friday morning and over the weekend. So. Yep. So uh, looking at Valley Awards, uh, weekly awards, so uh, we should say. So uh, Valley Player of the Week, Daryl Brown Jr. of uh, Bradley. Um, senior there, he has been killing it. Um, you know, for the games that they covered, uh, he's had, he had 16 points uh, when they blew out Evansville. Um, and then he had 21 against uh, my Salukis. So uh, almost d- double-digit victories for the Bradley Braves. And, you know, he's really just... I don't even want to say it's a void anymore. Um, he's really taking that that senior role uh, with Childs being out. Yep, and Childs is a junior, by the way. Yeah, that was a terrible program mistake last week on uh, my behalf. I apologize to Bradley fans out there. Uh, newcomer of the week, uh, Roman Penn of Drake. Uh, he's a sophomore guard uh, for the Bulldogs. He averaged uh, 11.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, and 8.5 assists on the week. And he shot uh, 45.5%. So, yeah, a good compliment there at Drake. Anything there, uh, Baker? Nope. Uh, I'll talk more about that when we kind of discuss the the goings-on here with the games. Absolutely. Uh, One thing I did want to note whenever they put out kind of the the weekly notes uh, for the Valley is this – there's a stat that kind of jumped out to me. The top six scores in the MVC entering uh, the week are non-seniors. Yeah, no, that's definitely something I want to talk about because the underclassmen in the Valley are tearing it up. Yep. So we'll get into them individually uh, when we get to the games. All right, Baker, let's jump into last week's results. Let's start with uh, Saturday, January 11th. Um, All teams were playing. Um, I was in St. Louis for Saturday, so I wasn't as dialed in as I probably should have been. Um, but it was good uh, being in in St. Louis, kind of getting you know just you know maybe a little recruiting trip for Arch Madness. You know, getting the vibe, <laughs> getting the vibe of the, of, of the establishments around uh, Enterprise Center. You know, oh just yeah, kind of getting the vibe of the area. Um, is there anything? So I'm 
I hope I'm not calling out the Valley because if they don't have anything up, then I'm going to feel bad. But is there anything up because this is a, an anniversary year? Do they have any signage out? In yeah, the so there's a dec- yet? decent amount of signage of billboard perspective. Um, so a lot of uh, billboards I've noticed. Uh, Enterprise Center, not so much just because blues are killing it right now. And so it's kind of the blues. Which is a blues sore, turf. Su- sore subject for me. Um, yeah, since you're an Avalanche fan. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't get down to the Enterprise Center to see if there was like just any signs, but it was from the interstate it looked like it was just uh, that's good stuff that's good this is like uh, the one thing about it is you, you let's celebrate this year this is a, yep. this is such a huge year for the valley like i want that like i know that's kind of a nerdy thing to ask about but like i i, I want them to have signs i want oh, them yeah. to be i want to get the buzz rolling for arch madness you know yep so let's just uh, go down the list here baker so starting with uh indiana state took care of business uh, at home versus illinois state um it's a road game for the redbirds so they lost um what do you got there, Baker? One in thirteen in their, or I'm sorry, one in twelve in their last thirteen trips to Terre Haute. One in thirteen. One in thirteen. The only win they had was the year they went seventeen one in the league. That's the only time they've won there in the last thirteen years. Um, this is an automatic loss every single time I look at the schedule when they play at Indiana State. I assume it's an automatic loss. I went to one of the games there. Uh, when Illinois State was there when and during the Osiris Eldridge days, they lost a close game. And I said to myself, I'm never coming back here for another ISU game. Um, ISU is in Illinois State. Uh, just to kind of talk about the game, um, I mean, let's call spade a spade. ISU stinks on the road, Redbirds. They are not good on the road. They can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're going to win a road game at some point just because they're eventually going to figure it out and the other team might have a bad night. And the Stars will align that they'll get a road win sometime. But... Um, if you argued that they wouldn't, I'm, you, you got a good argument. Um, Horn had a nice game, who's really good. I wish they would just, I, I hope that Dan Miller just turns the keys over to Horn and just, this is his team, and go from there. But uh, wire to wire, right? yeah, wire to wire win for uh, Indiana State. Uh, never felt like Illinois State was really in the game. Um, I was a little concerned. Indiana State turned the, ball, turned the ball over, and I don't expect that with some of the guys that they have on the team, but... Uh, uh, just a really good win. Uh, double-double for uh, Lar... LaRavia. LaRavia. Is, is it LaRavia? I think so. Okay, I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Poor guy. But he had a double-double, really good game. He had 17. Um, just a really good win for Indiana State. Uh, taking care of business on your home floor. If you want to be in the top six, you need to do that. And Indiana State, like, I know you're higher on than me, but I still consider him sniffing the top top six. So, Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's a huge thing. Uh, I want to say one thing. Um, if you're an Indiana State fan out there, uh, a shout out to Harry Schrader, who did a podcast interview with uh, Jordan Barnes. It was a really good listen, kind of getting a little more background about the team and uh, things like that. So definitely go check out his interview. Uh, he does a really good job of asking him more personal questions as well as Indiana State questions. But overall, just a really nice win for the trees. Um, so my, my one thing I want to bring up about Illinois State um, this game was where you really started hearing the the criticism for the program and the coaching and kind of the, all the goings on at Illinois State. Kind of where are your where are you at when it comes to the the Illinois State program? Because obviously I'm down. Right. I would think with just the tenure of uh, Coach Muller, um, this is not where you want to be. That you're. I mean, everyone probably thinks you're playing Thursday, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's definitely not where you want to be. Um, I, you didn't have a ton of, I mean, you had a decent amount of roster turnover, but still, he's always kind of known for his recruiting. 
Um, so yeah. and his young players are playing well. They're yeah. really good players. They've got some growing pains, but they're good. Um, it definitely felt like this weekend. I knew you always hear the get rid of Mueller chants all around all the time. But this with mid-major basketball, let me just stop you right there. With mid-major basketball, the vocal minority probably comes out easier because there's less amount of people. It, it so it does, and it's been coming out for years with him. So yeah. that's why I don't really listen to the minority. Um, but the but it's become a lot louder. Yeah, that there's that there's. I don't know if he needs to change his philosophy or just if there needs to be something different. I'm, we're never going to come on here and say anything about coaches' jobs. No. That's not going to be the way this podcast does. Um, but it is it is definitely worth noting that there's a lot of criticism for what Dan Muller... I mean, this is... Is it year eight for him? You should, yeah, I think you it's should year have, eight. You should have a... Like the consistency. Program, there the should program, be some consistency. There. The program is at, like, its lowest. Yeah. I mean, if we're just being honest. So um, I think the pressure is starting to ramp up for them. Yeah. It, yeah, um, really, not much else to say about it, though. I mean, I'm just, obviously I'm as disappointed. But I hope he turns around. I hope. I yeah, hope, absolutely. I hope they finish the season. They don't lose another game. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to, um, I don't think this was a surprise, but a great win for the Crusaders at home versus Drake. Um, th- yeah, yeah. This was in uh, in Valparaiso. Yep. I was surprised. Um, this was a. This was an extremely competitive game. This was the best game on Saturday by far. It was the only close game on Saturday. Um, Drake led for most of the second half, but it was one of those games where when you you always hear that you don't let a team hang around, don't let them hang around, and Drake let them hang around, and then Valpo actually, was. this was one of those times where the team that hung around got over the hump and won the game. Uh, Clay, who's a freshman, and how many great freshmen are there in this league? It is insane. Like, the freshmen, the, like, I'm thinking about it. Like, there's going to be there's going to be one or two freshmen that are really good that are going to be left off the all freshman team yep. in the valley, that, which is insane. He led the team in uh, points. He had 18. He was three yep. of seven from three point line. Uh, just right behind him, JFL uh, Freeman Liberty had 15 points, uh, two of five from three. Um, yeah, he was he great was, day. Yeah, no huge win for Valpo, um, especially getting that home win for them, which has been kind of a, a sticking point for them. The uh, so Penn had another great game for for Drake in the loss, uh, twenty one eight and seven for him. Um, so Drake played really well. Just couldn't they just kind of let Valpo hang around? They made plays at the end of the game. Um, the one thing I want to talk to you about. So and I know you I know you probably didn't catch any of this, but I'll I want to ask you about the. Um, There's a wonky end to this game officiating wise. I don't know mm-hmm. if you heard about this, but. So I'll, let me set it up for you. Valpo was up 62 to 61. They're up by one. Drake fouled them. And on the clock it read 1.6, which the, they screwed up the clock. The clock should have, they should have had more time, but that's what, they, that's what it landed at. They didn't go review it or anything. Valpo goes to the line and shoots both free throws. They make both free throws. So now they're up by three. Drake calls their timeout. The refs then go look at the clock and they put more time back on the clock. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure how that's even possible because um, what if JFL misses a free throw? Right. The, then that's the 1.6 games over. And you never get a look at the clock. So, like, they looked at the clock, maybe assuming he's going to make the free throws. Like, mm-hmm. that's because a missed free throw, the ball's in play. Right. And you don't have time to go look at the clock. So, I'd have to look at 
the college rules, and I'm trying it be under the. There's no way that this rule. There's no way that this could be a scenario that could work. So I'm gonna disagree with you because there's a correctable error um, rule in at least the high school rule book, and I believe the. It's the second time the clock starts. So what would they have you done? Can if, correct so, anything. So so if say JFL misses the second. So you it's you can't correct it after that. If the clock starts again, um, you can't. Correct so it. there is a rule that you can actually go back and like retroactively, even though the game's been played. Okay, that I thought that that was the screwiest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And that's it is why. called a in the rule book. It is called a correctable error. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, and there's this. I'm, I, the reason is I should know this off the top of my head as a ref, but yeah, I, and that's has, why I want oh, to bring. Two yeah, it's the second live ball is when it. So because there was not a live ball in between that. They can correct it. Now, where I get confused, so because the there was level, hold on a second, so because there was no dead ball, or there was no live ball because he made it. So if he makes that shot though, or if he misses that second one, then I mean, then there's a live ball and it's dead. I was gonna say for yep for lack of a better term, Drake gets a raw deal on that. Correct. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. So yeah, it's under the. Like I said, correctable error provision of the rule, and it's you can't have two. Why wouldn't they go look at it before the free throws? They should have. Okay, that that was kind of my point. Yep. Um, yeah. No, definitely they should have. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, um, people that were watching that game know exactly what I'm talking about. I thought that was wonky. I even tweeted about it. I thought that was kind of weird, but um, apparently there is a rule, so that's that's good to know. Um, yeah, other, I mean, Penn had another great game. I think we're talking about that. We talked about it last week about him maybe being the guy on Drake, and we kind of like were questioning whether or not he was kind of taking over as their main guy, and um, it's starting to kind of look that way. So we'll we'll see. I mean, DJ Wilkins, nothing to sneeze at. Didn't have a great game, but um, still really good. Yep. All right, uh, next game we are going to talk through is uh, Northern Iowa at Missouri State. Um Beat the brakes off of Missouri State, start to finish. What were your um, thoughts on this game? So I actually, I got to watch part of this game. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, it was just a thumping. It was one of those, the game started, uh, we were at an establishment, and I asked him, hey, I saw it across the, the, the bar. I was like, hey, can you, put this TV on, can you put this TV that's in front of us on this game? And they're like, sure. And it was like I blinked, and they were down 20 at home. Um, I know weather was likely an impact of fans going to that game, but there was no one at that game. Um, there was no one at either game this week for Missouri State, which is a problem. Yeah. Um, Bears fans, get to the game. Yeah. I mean, A.J. Green went off. He was 6 of 8 from three-pointer. That'll get you down 20 really quick. Um, I have a note here that says, A.J. Green continues to be awesome at basketball. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's, I mean, there, that's there's really nothing statement. else to say. I... <laughs> Burhau's starting to ramp it up again. Yeah, um, that's what I noticed out of this game. Northern Iowa jumped on them early, um, and the Bears are a mess. And we will talk about more about Missouri State when we talk about them versus Bradley. But um, this game wasn't close, and for a team that was only a one-point favorite to win by what twenty-three points, that's yeah. the and story of the game. So you and I shot almost sixty percent from three. You're not going to win very many games when your opponent does that, but when there was how many attempts? Twenty. They were thirteen of twenty-two. It felt like when they got down, though, it was. It was wasn't. Done. There oh, wasn't yeah. a lot of fight there. So I have to tell this one story, and this really. I, I love believe this. I love the sums up <laughs> this game. It's, 
<laughs> the second half like was maybe four minutes in and um, <laughs> this guy comes in uh, to the bar and I think the NFL games were about to start or what have not and he yells um, to like my general vicinity <laughs> he said um, and I'm gonna use the uh, the PG version of what he said he goes hey is anyone watching this really crappy college basketball game or can I change the channel here? <laughs> and you know what? I wanted to continue watching what it. Were you gonna, I, what were you I say? had no response for it. So I said, <laughs> like, so I didn't say anything. I was like, just just let them change it. It was is anyone watching this really crappy basketball game. <laughs> and I would I think I think your response should have just been that yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so, no. Big, uh, I mean, Northern Iowa looked impressive on the road. Oh, man. But, okay. <laughs> um, next one, we've got Evansville at Loyola. Evansville still just having issues. 0-5. Um, Loyola is rolling. Um, what do you got here? Uh, Loyola is really good. Um, Evansville got stomped the midway through the first half. At Loyola took it over and just ran away with it. Um, Loyola did shoot 70% from the field, 40 from three. But uh, Evansville, just <laughs> tough sledding. Uh, no DeAndre Williams again. Um, another freshman in the Valley, uh, Marquise Kennedy, had a great game, 20 points for Loyola. Um, there's really not much to say about this game because it wasn't close. Um, Evansville, we'll talk more about it as well as we talk about their next game, but it's not good. Yeah. So... Let's uh let's move on to the last one, uh, one that you I'm sure. Yep. Southern Illinois at Bradley. Um, you know, kind of programming note here, just a roster update, not programming. Uh, roster update here. Um, unfortunately for the Salukis, um, Dembele, he came off the bench. He was a really big guy for uh, just a, a role player for the Salukis. Is out for the season. Broken tibia. Um, I, I do have a question, Baker. Do you know what part of the body the tibia is? Foot. Close. I'll give it to you. Uh, it's in the leg. Uh, it's his left tibia. Um, tibia and fibia. Um, where in the leg? I think it's like the upper bone. No, the I upper bone. <laughs> the femur. No, that's the femur. Never mind. See, I do. I knew it was the. I knew it was lower. I, I gave you leg. You should have just went with it. <laughs> um, so uh, we're not doctors on this. If show. my wife listened to this, which she won't, uh, <laughs> she would. She would be very disappointed in me yep. right now. So um, I watched part uh, the first half of this game because, and then uh, had to. Uh, go do something else uh so i was pumped the first half uh, had a three-point lead sure um then kind of Dogs fight. <laughs> the Salukis uh, got allergic to offense <laughs> um and only scored 19 points in the second half so they uh bradley won 67 48 um bradley's rolling i mean i <sighs> i'm so impressed with bradley with child's not playing and that they keep this thing rolling along um the, uh, I'll just jump in here. The uh, SIU, um, they're now on the road, so mm -hmm. um, not in Carbondale. So there's going to be some growing pains with this uh, relatively, I guess, new new program yep. is kind of what I best way to put it. Um, Domask wasn't great in this game. Yeah. Um, he only had 11. Um, and my kind of two cents on it is if Domask doesn't have a good game, Mm -hmm. Southern Illinois is not winning. Yep. Especially with Cookout. Um, yep. Not to say they can't, but I just, it, it felt like the, de the defense that they had played in the first half kind of disappeared in the second half. Um, and, I think the, and I think the best way to put it with Southern Illinois is the combination of playing really good defense throughout the game 
and if Domask has a really good game or you have that one guy on your team who can kind of carry the load offensively, um, they have a good chance to beat a lot of teams in the Valley. The problem is when neither of those two things yeah. happen, you're not going to win very many games, especially on the road. Um, Daryl Brown continues to continues his first-team MVC path. Um, he's been great absolutely um, carrying the load. Uh, Henry, um, we're going to talk more about him in the next game because he had an amazing game last night, but uh, he had a really good game in this one as well, 16 points. My biggest takeaway, just as a Sluggy fan, is the threes have to fall for us to be in games. We were 7 of 27 um, from three, which yeah, is just not going to be successful, and we were 28% total from the field, um, 16 on 57. But we so. talked about that with Southern Illinois this yep. year, so that, that was kind of going to be your crutch was going to be um, scoring the basketball because you knew you'd play good defense. The problem was in that game, the second half defense wasn't very good. Right. Yep. All right, so that rounds up uh, the, the Saturday slate. So let's move on to uh, Wednesday. So last night's games, uh, three team, or sorry, six teams were in action over three games. Evansville was at Indiana State, uh, battle for Indiana. Um, Great win for uh, Indiana State again. This is the second time in the week they took care of business at home um, with a nice 20-point-plus uh, win. Um, Evansville, this is where I, went. I really want to talk about Evansville here, though. I think this is a good point. Um, no DeAndre Williams, uh, still out with the back, um, but he did travel with the team, so that's a good sign. Yep. Um, is a huge blow for the Aces. Um, you have the McCarty deal, um, which we talked about. That's not gonna. That's not going away anytime soon. Um, and then on top of all that, Cunliffe, who did not play a single minute in the second half, based on a quote unquote coach's decision, um, which he was the leading scorer for Val or for Evansville at the time when he went out. He had 12 points and. Uh, it was, from what I've read from different message boards and different articles uh, in Indiana, uh, it sounds like it was a coach's decision to maybe prove a point or something, mm -hmm. um, which um, when you're already shorthanded and you're, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to justify that timing of proving your point there. Um, but it's just, I think this just kind of encapsulates the entire Evansville situation that it's a, this game wasn't close. Yep. It really wasn't. Midway through the first half, it, it was just kind of over from there. And it wasn't, you never felt like Evansville was getting back in this game. And it, I don't want to be harsh on Evansville, but it's a mess. Uh, there's really Are no they way done? to put it. Can I, can I it, we're five games in. Are they done? They're going to win a game or two, but they're they're going to finish. I don't think there's any doubt they're finishing 10th. Yeah. And that's the saddest thing because they have a lot of talented guys on that team. K.J. Riley's good. Cunliffe. DeAndre Williams. This is not a bad group of players. Um, maybe when Williams comes back, he gives them a spark, and mm -hmm. they can maybe win a few games. Um, but after the Kentucky win, and just kind of like think about where we were that night and where we are now. I mean, where are you I'm on this? It's I just, mean, I have to be done I don't with wanna, them. It's, it, I don't want to keep beating the dead horse, but I, don't I feel either. like this was kind of the point where we should talk about how many different things are going wrong with them. Right. That they're just not even in games. They're not in games, and we're... A state rivalry. I mean, yes, we can. Evaluate. We're not going to play our leading score when we're already shorthand. We're not going to play our like that. Just no. So I'm pro coach. I'm pro coach on this one. Um, if there's an issue, I mean, yeah, we don't know the issue, but like the optics of it from the outside, like look at it from. You can look at the perspective of we are losing a game on the road. The guy who's only guy scoring points for us tonight. We're going to just sit him down. So you're basically conceding. What if you told off the coach, Baker? I mean, I in guess in front of the team. I guess. I guess, but. We don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm pro coach just in general, so um, I, I I don't follow. I don't agree with that line of thinking that you have to play a guy just because he's your best player. Okay, well, um, I mean, which is fine. I, I just think we can agree to disagree on that one. But fair. back to the original point, 
there's an issue in, with Evansville, and I don't see it. I, I just don't see it improving anytime soon. Yeah, and and the one thing is, I don't also don't want to be hard on the coach either because it is an interim coach. That's <laughs> yeah. Benny. Um, it's just a tough situation. He's so put maybe, into a really tough situation. Yeah. But to to take the good out of this game, um, another win for Indiana State. Yeah. Um, Rolling for me the the next the next four games for Indiana State will tell the season for them in the Missouri Valley. They play. They play at Valpo and at Loyola, two winnable games, but two difficult games yes. to win. Um, and then they go, they come back home for Drake and Bradley. Mm-hmm. Like this is a really tough four-game stretch for them that you're going to find out a lot about them. Yep, um, I'm so, still pretty high on them. Uh, we're going to need uh, uh, if they have a good next four games, I'm going to be right there with you. Yeah, we're going to need more uh, out of Laravia. Um, he had one point in this game, um, but limited minutes. So yeah, um, but it, I don't think it. I mean. I've, if we're being honest, it didn't really matter. Right. Well, yeah, I know that. So, um, okay. So let's move on <laughs> to another downer. Um, <laughs> not even a downer. This is great. Bradley is just rolling. Bradley beat Missouri State on the road, 91-78. They're up 10 at half. Um, this was the game I was most excited about last night. This is the game I was most intrigued with. Yeah. Um, it Was Missouri State going to turn around after, you know, getting – a fool made out of them by Northern Iowa, and um, they didn't. Nate Canal had an amazing night. Was it career high for him, I believe? Uh, 25 yeah. points? Yep, 25. He had a really great first half. He was shooting the lights out. Um, this was a game of runs. Um, uh, Bradley jumped on him early, uh, led by 10 and a half, and then the beginning of the second half, uh, 22-3 run for, mm-hmm. I think it was like 22-3, something like that, for Missouri State. Uh, they ended up going up by ten. Yeah, and I it know. actually felt like when I was watching the game, it kind of felt like okay, Missouri State's gonna they're gonna go ahead and win this game. And then uh, okay, Bradley said, let's turn that Bradley switch on. Yep, and they went on a big run, and they went going away. And it was just it was a very impressive game. Henry, uh, this is the game. It's like he had a great game the other night. Uh, whoever they played, uh, who they played the other night, um, Bradley. Yeah. Oh, Southern. Southern. He yeah. played Southern. He had a great game against Southern, and he had a way better game last night. He was awesome. Seventeen and thirteen last night. Uh, Kennel was twenty-five, seven for ten from three. Um, really impressive win for Bradley. Bradley um, had seventeen threes, um, and it's the highest total in a Valley game in school history in Bradley history, and wow. second most overall in any contest. Wow. There you go. Yeah. No, this was a it was a great win. It was a it was a game of runs. I I don't understand. I don't understand what happened to, like, this is just such an interesting thing. Like, you see this game, and it's like, Bradley jumped out early on Missouri State, so what's wrong with Missouri State? And then Missouri State's going on this huge run. It's like, okay, look at all that talent. They're going to, they made their huge run. And then you go back, and you look at Bradley making a huge comeback, and it's just like, okay, what's wrong with Missouri State? And I think the end of this game, as impressed as I am with Bradley, and Bradley, huge game coming up this weekend with Northern Iowa that I am very much looking forward to seeing. That being said, I think the story of this game is Missouri State at home. Mm-hmm. Um, this is two straight losses against two of the better teams in the league, um, mm-hmm. probably two of the best teams outside of Loyola. Um, this is the, I think that Missouri State is becoming kind of not quite a disaster, but they're trending that way. At home? Um, I don't know if... What? At home or just overall? Just overall. Okay. Because um, I, I don't know if you saw this part of it, but... Um, Dana Ford switched mm-hmm. up his lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a bunch of his uh, West Cook, De Silva, all on the bench to start the game. Yep. Um, and like you said, we don't know what happened in the locker room or what happened between now and then to switch up that. 
Um, maybe it was just poor performance on the floor the other night against Northern Iowa and they didn't want to play. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, but it definitely feels like Dana Ford is trying to press different buttons to make this team go with the talent that he has, and he's not pressing the right ones, or the he's pressing the right ones, but they're still not working. Dixon didn't play either, so just another contributor. I know it's not he hasn't been the biggest um, contributor for right. the team, but he, he didn't play. Um, not saying that he made up the differential, but yeah, it, it was funny last night because we were watching, and at one point, um, well, as you said, the, the game got tight and, was, and it kind of flipped. And um, then the Valpo Northern Iowa game that we're about to talk about kind of d- did the same thing for a second. So you're like, okay, you watch this game. I'm going to watch this one. Right. <laughs> and I remember. Uh, and then I, I and then I and then it was like when I when it was when I finally was like back on Bradley. It's like what the hell happened? <laughs> and so then I had to go back and watch it, and it was just yep. I, Great win for Bradley. Um, really excited to see them against Northern Iowa in a nice little first place battle. But Missouri State, I mean, with the amount of talent, does this not feel like to you um, the 2018 Missouri State Bears with Alizé Johnson that was picked to win the league and finished seventh? Does this not I, no, feel absolutely. like that? And they're going to be lucky to be seventh, I think. Uh, well, no, seventh's probably right. Uh, I think about it. But I, I mean, I, where are you on them now? Are they are they a Thursday team right now in your mind? Yes. Are you are you Evansville, Southern I, Illinois State, and Missouri State currently? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of there too. It's it is this is exactly what you and you called this, even mm-hmm. though you picked them to win the league. Yeah, you called it though. Like what could go wrong, and they didn't have a good non-conference, and they rolled into conference play, and they're just they cannot figure it out, mm-hmm. and it's just you see all the talent in this team, and and hopefully they flip the switch and they figure it out. Yep, but. I, until I see it, I'm going to assume it's not going to happen. Right. So, um, And then the last game uh, last night, uh, Valparaiso at Northern Iowa. They lost by 10, 78, 88 uh, in favor of the Panthers, who are 15-2 and two on the season. Storyline here, this was Javon Freeman-Liberty versus A.J. Green, and the box score indicates as such. So... Uh, Freeman Liberty had 28 points, uh, A.J. Green had 29 points, um, just the supporting cast for A.J. Green is just better. Um, 100%. That's, that's the story. Burhau uh, was 50% from three, three of six, had 15 points, um, five added another 15 and eight rebounds. Um, Haldeman came off the bench and had 11, uh, just mm-hmm. Northern Iowa was just better, but Valpo going on the road, and um, they, they were up at half. I mean, they were up 42-36, so they're fighting. Um, I, I think Valbo, Valpo um, was undersold um, early on in the season, and I think they are much improved. I don't know if that's the right term, or they're just better than what everyone probably expected. And it's showing, and they're fighting hard. Um, yeah, this is a, it was an interesting game. You and I jumped out again like they did against Missouri State in this game. They were up 11 at the first media timeout or right around there. Mm-hmm. Um, Valpo stormed back, took the, ha- took the lead at the half, and then to open the second half, you and I started on a 17-0 run. Yep. Um, and that just kind of blew the doors wide open. And Valpo then hung around, though. They kept fighting, and this is the thing I, like, if I compare, like, when we're talking about the teams that have, like, because um, in my mind I still I feel like there's a, four, there's a top four that I'm pretty sold on, and then there's the next three. Mm-hmm. And it's Valpo, Missouri State, and Indiana State. And when I talk about that team to be seventh, I cannot justify saying Valpo is seventh because of the amount of fight that they have. Every single night they have a game, it just seems like 
They don't go away. They might right. not win, but this team, and they eat games out. And like the other day against Drake, they hung around, hung around, and they finally made the comeback. This game, they came back and they tried to hang around, just couldn't get it done. Um, there were a lot of turn- bad turnovers during that 17-0 run, which I don't know what was going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, they could. It was. It was kind of felt like at the end of the game, though, that they would get a stop. Yeah. But then they'd turn the ball over. They have a bad shot, and it just it felt like Northern Iowa. Maybe defensively, they just kind of locked it in at the end of the game when they yep. needed to. But they weren't. Great. I'm not saying they were great, but they were fine. Yep. I mean, is this a Matt Lottick thing? I mean, I, oh, I for think sure. he's getting more out of the athletic ability. Um, With the insane offseason yeah. that they had mm-hmm. this past year and then come back. I mean, JFL is awesome. Yeah. And, and A.J. Green is, too. Uh, Burhaus figured it out, obviously, and you know how high I am on Isaiah Brown. He's yep. very good as well. Um, but good win for Northern Iowa and not a bad showing for Valpo at the end of the day. Absolutely. All right, hey Baker. Um, we are a little bit past 9 p.m. on Thursday. The Illinois State Redbirds just lost to the Drake Bulldogs, and uh, my Southern Illinois Saluki just lost at Loyola. Um, so, real quick, we've got a three-way log jam in first place with Bradley, Northern Iowa, and now um, after the win over the Salukis, Loyola Ramblers have four wins in conference play. Hey, let's break down the Illinois State game. Yeah, let's uh, let's start off with the birds. Um, so I'm excited. This was actually um, a game I didn't think we'd be in. Um, I was thoroughly impressed. Only down four at halftime. Um, those who had the first half, uh, the first half with the birds, uh, apparently that was a really bad beat for Vegas with that basket at the end of the half, <laughs> um, which I saw on Twitter. That's hilarious. Um, Zach Copeland, awesome. He had uh, 32 points. He was really good from three. I don't remember what his three point percentage was. Good. But uh, he was really good tonight. Um, super happy about Illinois State um, going on the road and actually having a pulse and um, showing some fight. And it just came down to, um, I think, Drake's just a better team. But really impressed with Illinois State. Um, as for Drake, uh, kind of the same, same deal as normal. Um, they had a great game. Liam Roberts had a really good game. Uh, he was 19-12. and 12. Uh, Just a really... Uh, it was it was a kind of an offensive shootout in the first half, and then in the second half, it just kind of came down to um, Drake kind of up their defense slightly, and Illinois State just couldn't make shots for a while there, and then that's how they fell behind. Um, so, kind of a different opinion from you is that you're excited after uh, kind of a road loss. Yeah, well, I mean, after the game at Indiana State where they really showed no life, um, this was a totally different effort. Um, it actually felt like we were in the game for once. And, I mean, they were within striking distance for a while. I know uh, Copeland's not going to have 32 every single night. But um, he was 8 for 12, by the way, from 3, which is insane, um, which is awesome. I um, no, By no means do I think they're off Thursday or anything like that. But I'm just – I guess as a fan, I'm just happy that they're at least uh, – there's some life there. But I think the big story here is Drake um, getting another home win, um, coming off that loss to Valpo the other day. Um, I still consider them kind of in that top four. I don't know if you do as well. Kind of have oh, that four teams separated themselves. I know you just said that there's the three at the top. I actually kind of I kind of add Drake in there as well, especially after win against Loyola. Are you the same boat? Yeah, I mean they're going to be flirting with it. Um, I do think the upper echelon is that Bradley Drake, or sorry, Bradley, um, Northern Iowa and Loyola. 
uh, I do think there is a little bit of a stair step between uh, those three and Greg. Yeah, and I think I actually think DJ Wilkins must be listening to our show when we record because um, he had a good, really great game. It, it definitely <laughs> looked like he came to play. Um, a lot of good, just the things I saw to him defensively were really good. Um, Penn Robbins, obviously good. Um, yep. but no, I can, I can tell where you're at. It, it, I can see the argument of having the top three, then Drake kind of on their own tier and then the next three. Mm-hmm. And, and that's maybe, and maybe you have Indiana State a little higher there with Drake as well. Yep, I do. And I, I just think the schedule has been favorable for Indiana State. Um, to keep them up there. So we'll see how the uh, conference play progresses. But yeah, maybe uh, flipping to uh, Loyola SIU, um, obviously Loyola won. Um, you know, just real quick before I dive into it, just for TV purposes, they need to get the Loyola students on the other side for TV. There were a ton of students there tonight and uh, looks like a decent atmosphere. So uh, apparently uh, they like to come out and watch uh, the Ramblers, which is kind of cool. Um, but other than that, back into the game, um, if I am Ben Jacobson, if I am Darren DeVries, if I am Brian Wardle, I am taking the first half tape and I am breaking it down because Brian Mullins figured out how to stop Brian or uh, uh, Cameron Crutwig. It was a thing of beauty. Um, you know, and a lot of that has to do with Brian was – you know, entrenched with Loyola, but just the game planning there was huge. And I am very curious to see if other coaches use that as the model to stop Crutwig. Um, it was, it, it was really a thing of beauty in the first half. Um, so Crutwig really kind of, he stayed under 10 points. Um, but really um, from the Salukis, I'm excited for the first half of the Saluki game. Um, but Loyola just has enough contributing um, pieces that, you know, can fill in. Tate Hall came in. He filled the void that offensively that Crutwig kind of left. Uh, he was 7-11 from the field, and he had 16 points. He um, was a guy we talked about a couple weeks ago, too. That yep. He had been kind of coming into his own, for sure. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it, it was good to see him play. Um, I mean, I've got – you're remiss if I didn't uh, mention that SIU in the second half went eight minutes without a point, um, and that was an 11-0 run for Loyal, and that just kind of sealed the deal. You know, I kind of mentioned it earlier, um, you know, in the recap of the uh, weekend games that just – SIU kind of just gets um, – <clears throat> they don't know what offense is, um, and, and they almost get allergic to it, so – it kind of happened um, as well. But first half was great for the Salukis, and really the blueprint to beat Loyola is contained in the defensive scheme by the Salukis in that first half. Yeah, no, I think for Loyola, I think to beat Loyola is um, you have to – you can't let Crutwig beat you. And I think right. that you have to – I think you have to do what you can to uh, kind of negate him and then kind of hope that you uh, – kind of hold off the others. Uh, Marquise Kennedy, by the way, for Loyal, I want to mention, off the bench, 17 points, another really good game for him. Um, he's really starting to step up for them. I kind of, from, from my vantage point, just watching the SIU Loyola game, um, obviously I wasn't as dialed in as you were, but uh, it definitely felt like um, defensively Loyola showed up for the whole game. <laughs> Offensively, you just disappeared in the second half, but you were Absolutely. finally in the first half. Yeah, no, and I think that was just the story. Right. I think that's just the story of the game, and I don't know if it's maybe a road thing, 
because it seems like this is kind of the um, not necessarily the defense, but because I think it's great to see the defense travel tonight. Um, but it kind of seems like a theme that in the second half on the road, you guys have struggled offensively. Yeah. I don't I think know a lot if this of it... is becoming kind of the theme for SIU. Yes, and, and that's exactly right. That's exactly what happened to Bradley. I mean, we had a first-half lead. Um, but also, I think it's just also these are two teams that know each other because the coaches know each other. So they kind of know the schemes that are going to get drawn up. So it was honestly just really a chess match in that first half. And then I think talent and shooting and offensively just oil was better and just took over in the second half. Yeah, and I, and I talked to you about it earlier. I said I had a take for you. I think that my – so my big take here is – I think that the the kind of the correlation with your second half offensive struggles, I think it's all Aaron Cook. I think having him off this team right now is is killing you guys in the second half because he is kind of. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you know him better than I do, but it, it seems like he is kind of like that calming influence on the team where where things aren't going well. I feel like he's the kind of guy that'll kind of keep everything kind of together and maybe get his own shot if he has to. Absolutely. He's just the kind of that consistent nature that we saw in the non-conference and early conference season in that it's almost like right now it's, is it going to be Domask or if it's going to be McGill, you know, filling that offensive void? It, there's n- not a lot of consistency there. So I think that's a great take um, on Cook. You know who he kind of reminds me of, and, and you might disagree with this too, but he's, and maybe not to the level, but kind of his effect on his team, he kind of gives me that Paris Lee feel where like, Paris, you would would make sure that kind of like when things are going a little south for Illinois State, he kind of kept everything together, kind of taped it up and just kind of rolled, rode out the storm. And it kind of feels like from watching Aaron Cook the last couple of years, it was always he was kind of that calming influence on the Salukis to me. Yep. No, I, I think that's fair. You know, we're just missing that other um, gear on offensively. But. So yeah, that's been uh, the games tonight. We just we, we definitely want to talk about these um, before we posted the episode. So uh, once again, uh, after Illinois State dropping um, to the Drake Bulldogs and uh, Loyola beating the Salukis. All right, we've got two segments here. First, we're gonna revisit the Eliminator. Um, just a recap. Uh, who has who? Um, this is a Larry. We are trying to pick the 2019-2020 Larry Bird Player of the Year. Currently in Baker's lineup, he has Cameron Crutwig, AJ Green, and Daryl Brown. And currently, I have Freeman Liberty, Tyreek Key, and Liam Robbins from Drake. Um, I'm not gonna make any changes. Uh, I'm not gonna make any changes either. I like my uh, my three. All right, so moving into our next uh, segment that I just made up last night when we were texting back and forth, I'm gonna call it trust fall. (laughs) So I am going to give Baker four scenarios and um, he has to pick from one, two, or three how much he trusts this scenario. So one, two, or three. So one thing I trusted a lot. Let me me get there. Um, So (laughs) if everyone knows what a trust fall is, um, it's whenever basically you fall backwards and you hope your friend catches you, right? You say trust fall. So number one, so if you say one, it means you know I'm gonna catch you right away. Number two, your heart's gonna leap a little bit, your stomach's gonna leap, um, but then your friend will catch you before you hit the ground. Number three is you will leave the fall with a concussion. Okay. Okay. First one, trust fall. Illinois State on the road. Three. <laughs> 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 
I mean, until I see something different, they're not going. I mean, they're, they stink on the road. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I, nobody wants them to win a road game more than me, Vance. This is ridiculous. What were, and where are you? All three. It's a no-doubter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the Missouri State Bears in the play-in game in Arch Madness. Okay, so we talked a little bit about this. So I'm going to say two, leaning three. Okay. Because um, I'm kind of at that point where I don't trust them anymore. Yep. Um, I think that they're kind of, like we said, they're kind of of those teams in that kind of next tier of Valley teams that they're going to be competing with, like the Valpo and Indiana State. Um I trust Valpo and Indiana State to win games. I don't trust Missouri State, too. But I actually think they might have more talent than the other two. Right. All right, third one, um, and this one is, obviously, we hope it goes one way. Um, but the Valley injury bug is done. So a major impact player for a team. I mean, it's a it's a two, just because we don't know. Um, yeah. It has been majorly hitting the Valley this year, though. If you look at, like... Elijah Childs, one of the best players. Fazekas, one of the better players. Um, Aaron Cook. Aaron Cook. DeAndre Williams. Like these are significant. Pl- it is not just your. Um, it is not just your depth players. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every team's been hit. I mean, every single team has injuries that they're dealing with. But it just feels like so many significant players. Mm-hmm. I hope it's a one. Yep. But, Absolutely. I mean, it's got to be a two because who knows? Yep. Um, and then the last one, the Valley Champ will be from the state of Iowa. Define Valley Champ. The regular season champ. The regular season champion. Oh, wow. I'm going to say one. Okay. And I think... I think it's right. I think... Northern Iowa is going to win this league. They've impressed me since the Illinois State game. They've been unbelievably impressive. And of the next three, I mean, I think Bradley and Loyola are really good, but Drake's right there too. So, um, yeah, I think Northern Iowa is clearly the number one team in the league. Sounds good. This has been Trustful. All right, so we got a cool idea from uh, listener Joe out there. So, uh, like I said, this is keep sending in your feedback. When we see some, when we see something fun, come through our email. Um, we'll we'll reply to everybody. But when we see something fun, I want to bring it up on the show. Um, he had a recent discussion with his dad about a cool topic for the podcast, um, which was create a valley team with making all ten players. You take one player from each team, and you can only take one from each team. But you got to fill it out: um, one center, two forwards, two guards. Um, so what I did is I actually created a team, and I'd love to get your take on it. So my starting five was my own, my Loyola player was Cameron Crutwig is going to be my center. My two forwards are going to be Elijah Child and Gage Prim, which I'm over the moon off. I think he's awesome. And then my guards were JFL and AJ Green. Um, that is such an awesome starting five, by the way. With a one player from each team. Yeah, I mean that's a cool concept that you just can't take the best player from every team. Right, and but it, it's really cool. So then I had to go to the bench, and so my two guards, I picked because I had we got to pick an Illinois State player. I took DJ Horn as okay. one of my guards, and I took Ky- Tyree Key from Indiana State. Um, my forwards on the bench were Marcus Domask and DeAndre Williams, and then my center was Liam Robbins. So that's like an awesome team of two centers, four forwards, four guards of. A player from each Valley school. Is there someone that you think I'm missing? 
that I could have swapped out because it was hard. The one that I was Daryl Green or Daryl Brown came to mind yeah. as a player that I wish I could have put on the list. But did you, did you say Tyreek Key? I did. I, okay. Tyreek Key was one of my guards, and um, I thought it was a cool idea. I know this is something that you guys can kind of talk about with your with amongst yourselves and when you guys have conversations. Um, picking one player as so the the goal of the thing is ten players. You have a starting five and a bench starting five. You can only take one player from each Valley team, and you have to fill a lineup. Yep. And I think it's a really fun concept. Love to, if you guys are out there and you guys come up with your own, send it send it to the mailbag or shoot us a message on Twitter. We'd love to see yeah. it. Let's, let's do it this way, Baker. You tweet that out after we publish this uh, episode just to prompt people to do it themselves. I will. It's, it's a really cool thing. And then you can, uh, and now we can hear what Vance has to say. So yeah. you will tweet something out. Sure. I will do that. Awesome. All right, we are going to do Pick'em uh, for next week. So starting with the Saturday slate, six, six teams are in action. This one's probably most interesting. Missouri State at Evansville, two teams trending down, uh, downward. I'm going to pick Missouri State just because. Give me the purple aces because DeAndre Williams traveled with the team, and I think he might be back this weekend. Okay. Uh, we've got Northern Iowa at Bradley. Um, this is probably going to be the best game of the day easily. Um, Best game of the weekend. I'll take the Panthers. I will take the Panthers as well. Indiana State at Valpo. I will take Valpo. Believe it or not, I'm actually going to take Valpo. All right, moving on to Sunday, we've got Drake at Southern. Um, I'm going to take the Salukis at home. Yeah, I'm going to take Drake. <laughs> and we've got Loyola at Illinois State. Ooh, interesting game here. We're at home now. We're at home. It's two different teams. Um, I'm going to take Loyola. I mean, I'm taking the Birds just because they're at home. Moving on to Wednesday, Drake at Evansville. Drake. Which is actually my birthday, by the way. Um, I'm going to take Drake for sure. We got the battle for I-74, Illinois State at Bradley. Most important part, at. Um, so I'm taking the Braves. Illinois State. <laughs> yeah, you can't do this. I'm going to pick them against them on my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully, maybe you'll get a little uh, birthday present there. That would be great. Indiana State at Loyola. I'm going to take Loyola at home. Yep, same. Northern Iowa at Southern Illinois. I will take Northern Iowa. Yep. And then the only But that's going to be a sneaky, tough game, by the way. Okay. The, I think I think Mullins might have a little something for them, and it might be more competitive than you think. At home, it's kind of a trap game for them. Okay. Um, Thursday, the 23rd, Valpo at Missouri State. I will go with Valpo. Yeah, I'm going to go with Valpo as well. This has been episode 22 of the March to the Arch podcast. Where can people find us, Baker? Yeah, you can get us at uh, MarchArchMailbag at gmail.com, at MarchArchPod, at MarchArchBaker on Twitter. We're going to definitely put up our information for our uh, the lineups from uh, each team, and I'll, I'll put directions out there. So I'll send us your, send us your teams, and uh, yeah. All right. And with that, I'll say go dogs and go Valley. Go Redbirds. Start talking about the Valley. Why not?